0: I'm Adrian Sykes, and welcome to Did You Know Pioneers, the podcast dedicated to telling the stories of the executives of colour who have led the way in the UK music business. This is part two of my conversation with co-founder of the Did You Know podcast and my very good friend Danny D, where we talk about our respective journeys. We pick up with both of us about to make major changes in our career and we also give our thoughts on what the future holds. Here's part two.
1: I was with my, my partner Tim, Tim Blacksmith, and, and the Stargate guys. Um, we'd had a, a great decade in the, in the UK. Um, but we we were yearning for more. And it also seemed like the, the doors in the UK were closing. Um, we had one famous meeting. Um, up at Radio 1 where we were literally told to our faces that if we heard another Stargate record on the radio would we'll pull their hair out, you know, while there's a record playing. And it was like, man, is that is that how it works? So when you're actually being successful, someone's, like, going against you. In a very short space of time, we saw how the work started to dwindle in the in the U.K., so we decided to try our luck in, in America, where we'd had a little bit of success, but hadn't hit it large. And we believed we, we were missing something. So let's let's actually get up off our asses, go. Um, we did it with our own money. We were told we were crazy, um, but the rest is history. And we joined the dots. The first piece of the connection was Neo. Between Leo and the guys, it was just magic. And it was hit after hit after hit, literally off off the bat. That's how it started.
0: That's a very succinct kind of summary of what has been an unbelievably successful period for you, Tim, the Stargate boys, and also Stella Songs, your publishing company. And it's probably the, one of the few periods of... Of our life, so in our relationship, where I didn't really see you because I wasn't around in the industry at that time. I decided to take a little bit of a sojourn because I wanted to be around my three sons and spend more time with them. And if I'm honest, it was really my plan not to come back. I'd always said I really wanted to get out at a certain age, and that time had come, and I had no real intention of coming back apart from the times when a few close friends asked me to do some consultancy work for them on the side. And, you know, the music business is like the Mafia. Once you're in, you can never get out. <laughs> so I kind of kept my hand in that way. But we talk on a regular, even when you were in the States, when we, um, we went to Scotland one day. You sure did. Bonnie, Scotland. We did. We went to Bonnie, Scotland, and we found there a really wonderful, talented young lady. So I'm not sure who should tell this story, whether this should be you or me. You should. I'll, t- okay. you I'll should. tell the story. Our good friend Carlton Dixon, who many people will know from who listen to this podcast, was a producer at BBC Radio, uh, BBC Television, sorry. And he was producing Trevor Nelson's Soul Show. During that period, Trevor held a talent competition. And Carlton being Carlton ran me up one day and he said, man, I've just heard this incredible young girl. I think you, you've really got to go and see her. She's remarkable. And because we're so... London-centric. My immediate thought was clearly she had to be around the corner, which was going to be a tube and a train ride. And I was like, yeah, listen, Danny and I will get in it. We'll definitely, we'll definitely go and see it. And then we found out she was in a place called, where was she, Danny? Aberdeen. Even further than that, a place called Afford. That was our first meeting with a very, very young Emily Sanders. And um, the one thing that I remember about that, well, there are two things I remember. Actually, there's a lot of things I remember about that. But the one thing I do remember is, is, is when we were driving there, we just seemed to be driving forever. And I remember thinking, are we ever, ever going to get there? But when we got there, it was something that was very, very special.
1: Well, the bit that got me was after that long journey, literally not seeing anyone that looked like us. We go to the house. I can't, remember, I can't remember whether we rung the doorbell or knocked on the knocker. But when the door opened, I was in a state of shock. Where there's literally my brother standing inside the house looking out at us, and so after after this incredible journey to get there, the last thing I expected was to see a fellow African standing <laughs> at the doorstep. And so and, and and I think I think I said something at the time. I, I think I said something like, "Well, so the only three black people in." in Scotland right now, standing on your doorstep? Because that's what it felt like.
0: (laughs) Great evening, though. It was a great evening. It was awesome. The one thing that we discovered was it was great to be in a house that that was so full of love and that was so full of music and with people that were so supportive of their daughter, but, you know, could see that she had a real talent and were prepared to back that, but also knew what was really important at the time. And, you know, I know that both of us came away thinking that, We've seen something very, very special that night, and and so it proved. That started for both of us. What was an an incredible journey. I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, I was lucky enough to end up working with Emily, getting close to her family, and managing that success and her career for for a long period. You were publishing so. What was great about that was apart from the fact that we were able to enjoy that success together, we we're able to work together because it's one of the few things I think that we've ever really done together. Even though we've we've been so close, didn't stop us arguing a lot.
1: <laughs> we'll always argue
0: and disagreeing <laughs> on, on things. But. It was wonderful to be able to share, to share that moment together and to just enjoy you know, our collective success in one room at the same time and slap each other on the back. Equally importantly, and probably more importantly, enjoy the success of, of of a young, talented black girl and just see her rise up without compromise. 100%. And being able to do her own thing. I think that was really important. Whilst all that was going on, you were forging with Stargate some incredible records, and, but also building what has become one of the most important publishing companies in the world. So we should talk about Stella songs. We should talk about what you've been able to achieve in that lane and how you and Tim have done it and the success you've had, the artists you've worked with. And, And as I always say to everybody, let's celebrate that moment because it's very, very important that people hear what you've been able to achieve.
1: I mean, Stella is literally an extension of what myself and Tim and the Stargate guys were about it was it was literally as we were doing what we were doing we were coming across um, some of the most amazing new talent um, that was coming through and so hence you know as we as we just discussed Emily um, Sam Smith who who we met actually via um, Ricky Blue, and Shah. I first met Sam in Shah's studio. And it was within, honestly, it, was, it felt like within seconds, you, you were like, yo, who the hell is this guy? And when you, you, know, you, when you heard his, his voice, what he was about, his ambition was like, we need to be involved with, with this guy. Then there was, again, through, through Ricky, um, Labyrinth was another. I remember Tim going to the studio, coming back, going crazy about Labyrinth. I then show up at the studio and it was, I mean, I think I was there for maybe two hours, three hours, and it was just nonstop. You know, just tune after tune after tune to the point that I actually cancelled my, my next meeting because as I'm leaving, <laughs> yeah. he then says, oh, I've got this one thing I want you, you to hear. And he he puts on puts on this track, um, and it was literally just a verse and a chorus. And when it when the verse and the chorus ended, I said, "Hold in a second. And I pick up picked up my phone and I cancelled the meetings for the rest of the day. And I'm like, you, "I'm not leaving until you re-edit that." So it's I want to hear that three times. So it kind of makes up a song. Um, then you need to finish that uh, that song off. And that ended up becoming his. His first, his first single, and so Stella, literally, it was. That's what it was about. It's about raw, raw talent that we could help on their journey. You know, and we're not your standard publisher. Where it's just about your song. It's about everything because we've, we've done the, we've done the, the artist career. We've, we've played that whole game. Um, So you're getting this kind of all round advice, which I think sets us apart from from others you know we're we're really in it with you you know um it gets quite it can get quite personal at times as as you know Adrian yeah i think it gets the best out of people you know you explain to someone what their journey is going to be like because you've been on it between the stargate guys stella we've had a good part of i'd say 12 11 12 number one records in the in the us and i couldn't even tell you how many how many number ones and top tens we've had throughout the rest rest of the world it's it, but it's uh it's a crazy number and it, it's for for me it's even like man i might did i just say that that amount of number ones that, that we're involved in but but it's true and grammys how many Grammy, two solid grammys for sure um and then there's uh, a gazillion BMI awards, a gazillion ASCAP awards, and 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 many, many others.
0: We've not mentioned our own Brit Awards well, which there are a number of too.
1: Oh, yes, I've got those.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I- Ivan
1: Ivanovellos and things like <laughs> that. And well. the Ivos yeah. as well.
0: One of the things that we should say at this point in the podcast is for those that may have listened and have wondered where the artists are and why we're not talking to artists and producers. There's a reason for that. And that's because everyone knows their stories. What we're trying to do in the Did You Know podcast is tell the stories of the unsung heroes, the executives of colour that have led the way, but also try and highlight the careers and opportunities and the places that you may not have thought about taking employment in the music industry but just to show that there are avenues open to everybody you just have to look a bit deeper and try and expose you to those guys that have gone before that will hopefully inspire and help you to achieve your own ambitions as well and we will at some point be able to offer our mentoring scheme to to those that want to so that will be coming hopefully in the last quarter of this year And I know that's that's something. It was something that you were very, very big on when we when we when we started doing talking about doing this.
1: Most definitely. And I'll tell you a little story. And it happened in my own house. So um, I was talking um, about the the late great Richard Antwi in in my house. My uncle uncle's there. You know, as a matter of respect, he's a family friend, but he's an he's an elder. So we call him Uncle. So my uncle's there. So I'm talking about Richard, who and Richard is, you know, formerly is a is a a lawyer, music lawyer. My uncle turns around to me and says, "But how do you know Richard? He's a lawyer. You're in music." And it was the it was just how it dawned on me that, but my uncle has no who, no idea that the two are connected that music law and a lawyer, he, he doesn't even think of it like that. He literally thinks of it, oh, it's, it's just, music is just that over there. No, you know, the, the, so many people don't think of the back room, what makes this whole industry turn. And it, it really struck a chord in me that we've got to do our best to tell those stories you know and their journeys there's a woman at uh, at Sony who's in the in the business affairs department christine is her name no one knows that she's there but she's making sure that we're all getting paid and no one knows of that career which to me is completely wrong we should know of that career because it's important that the youth coming through n- Know and understand that there are so many other um, areas of this business that they can play a part in.
0: One of the things that you and I have been involved in, and certainly with the the goodwill and the efforts of the good Jackie Davidson, a young man by the name of Ashley, myself, and a few others, trying to get you voted onto the PRS board in the recent election. Sadly the campaign wasn't successful, but I know you'll go again, but it'll be really interesting at this point for you to list your reasons as to why you thought it was really important to be a part of that organisation.
1: Well, it was it was baffling to realise that there was no black men in the, in the PRS board. Um, and there hadn't been for, I think, something like 10, 10 or 12 years. And to think of um, especially in, in the UK, how black music on the on the singles level for sure is playing such a huge role that there is no representation at the at the PRS board. You know, that to, who's going to talk on on, on their behalf, on, on their wants and their and their needs. You know, it, the the game is changing. Uh, is, the, is the PRS changing with it? I'm not sure. You know, it, it looks like they're behind, behind the times. And so for me, it was important to be a voice for, or to try and be a voice for the, the youth that were coming through, have someone that they, could, they can turn to, air their grievances. Um, These are our needs, and put that on the table you know, for others to to then understand. But you're not going to change anything if you're not in the the room, you know. And it seems like all, all around PRS is just one. There are so many rooms that we're not in. All we're going to do is shout from outside. We need to get inside to be really heard. So with that in mind, do you think that the landscape has
0: changed in the music business? Do you think that those real high achievers, those high achievers, m- men and women of color, are going to get their fair shake in terms of being able to get to the to the places where you and I weren't able to get to in the twenty first century?
1: It's definitely changing. You know, we're seeing evidence of that. Is it just a a fashion, a fad, because of uh, recent times? Where where you know we're, we're gonna we'll we'll see, but. I would like to think that those in the industry now coming into into the industry are now in a position where they can achieve the highest position in this, or positions in this industry. You know, I'm over the moon about the twins, um, the recent appointment of Joe Kentish, um, uh, you know what? What Ricky and Glynn are, are doing. Shabs, who who we mentioned before. You know, just the fact that I can say all of those names gives me so much heart.
0: Aside from the guys, there are some incredible women out there that are doing things. tapimavunga, Mavunga, a friar. Faye Hoyt. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you know, you know, I mean, Char Grant and many others. So for those that we don't mention, it means that, not that we're not recognizing you. It's just that we're not calling you out right now. But, it's, but we know that you're out there and we're really proud of what you're doing. 100%. Let's talk about careers. Let's talk about the music business of so where we both are now. I'm sitting in my office in Hertfordshire. You're sitting, I can see the, the backdrop to a very sunny day in Los Angeles. You made the, the, the move from New York to LA some seven or eight years ago. How successful has that been for you guys?
1: It's been amazing. It's everything that we thought it would be um, and some. But at the same time, I thought it would be this um, like crazy rat race. But when, when we got here, you realise that it, it ain't. Because the industry here, especially... The industry of colour, it's like one big happy family. And don't get me wrong, there are some egos egos in there, but they they kind of move as one. Um, and it's something that I would love to see happen in in the UK, because the amount of business that we've done, but just by association that, oh, you know so-and-so, and and that person will make the phone call to make that thing over there happen. It's quite astounding to me. And and it feels like people will bend over backwards to help to make make something happen. There's no financial gain for them. But to see a people move like that is like very, very, it's it's just a great thing to be a part of.
0: Do you not think that the new set of industry execs are taking that kind of model and working together and trying to, you know, literally help clone each other's shoulders to, to get to where they want to get to, or is it
1: something that you think is unique? I think it could be better. There's a handful who most definitely are, but I think it could be, could be way better. I think there needs to be a real coming together, a high end low of the, of the industry, helping, mentoring the young ones who are, who are coming through, because that's where the, re- the real success is, is going to come from. If the guy, the guy who's now running the company is looking at the guy at the bottom, it's like, hmm, and vice versa, and helping, kind of helping each other through, it's like you're going to get somewhere. You're aspiring someone to, to, to come up. You're, you're, you're handing down your knowledge, which is what, you know, our, our podcast is, is trying to do, It's telling the stories of those, those who've made it. And you know what, we should be telling the stories of those who, who didn't make it and, and why, you know, because we've also got to look, at, we've got to look at it all from all an all round perspective, not just the Glory Boys. You know, there's many reasons why others didn't make it. And we have to look at how we, we operate. And if we see someone who's not operating properly, let's try and correct them.
0: So what's left for you out there? Because you ain't, you're not coming home anytime soon. What's next for you, Tim, the Stargate Boys and Stella Songs?
1: Opening the door for others, both in the UK and here. Keep on doing what we're doing. Um, make Stella and... The forty fifth and third mothership company as big as possible. That's our that's our mission. Doing it in the way like from things that we love, you know, and things that come not come natural, you know, not not forcing forcing something which isn't right. Because all our success has come from it's been on 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 a natural vibe and from things that things that we love and working with people that have the same goals as as, our, as ourselves.
0: We're still ambitious, right? Because obviously, I'm still out there managing and looking after the good things. And hopefully, while well, you and I are doing a couple of things together, that I'm certainly going to be successful that we're very, very excited about. And like you, I mean, looking to the future, I mean, outside of our own personal interest ambitions, and just hoping that the next generation or generation down from us get the opportunities that we didn't have and to see them fly and to see them network and and build something that they can leave behind as a legacy, hopefully in the same way that we're doing through the work we've done previously and what we're trying to do now. What are your remaining ambitions? We're going to do a quick fire back and forth. What are your remaining ambitions? I'm going to be like I'm on family food and say pass so I can
1: think on that one. <laughs>
0: you know what for me more success more enjoyment more fun and just continuing to hopefully help people along the way
1: well i think he just answered that for both of us
0: in terms of ambition there's always a desire to prove that you can do what you've done before again you know so being able to take an act another act out into the world and break it on onto the worldwide stage Really interested in the education and the improvement and aiding the ambition of the next generation, particularly hopefully the people that are going to come through the mentoring scheme on the through the pod, and a real desire for you and I to have some fun together and to, to break a couple of things that we 're work, working on together and also eat some good food and relax together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> While you were answering that you gave me a chance to uh, to think, I think for, for, for me my, my biggest ambition is to prove to everyone who didn't give the likes of me and you the jobs that we deserved is to prove them wrong. That's, that's, that's what fuels me. It's to, it's to make our company and everything that we do as successful as it can be so that the present regime would look and keep on looking at people of colour and put them in positions that they deserve. Who's provided you or who
0: provides you with inspiration throughout your lifetime?
1: Muhammad Ali, Erskine Thompson, Dej Mahoney, Lincoln, Elias, yourself, um, Adrian, those are the people that struck a chord when I was coming through. It was like, yeah, they set a bar.
0: I'm going to go a little bit further back and go with the obvious. I mean, mum and dad, clearly, because they raised me with the ambition and the desire to be better. They stuffed the slings and arrows and the barbs that, for us that allowed us to be the people we are today. And we can never forget that.
1: And I absolutely second that, that's for sure. I look at all my sisters
0: that kind of, again, have gone on to do great things in various places around the world and still inspirational. Wife, incredible, you know, incredible woman who's who's kind of been there and had my back all, all the way. But then you talk about professionally, E.T., obviously, Keith Harris, Lincoln, absolutely, Shabs. Dage, Matt Ross, Mervin, Jackie, and obviously, Danny, your you good self, because you and I used to run together and still are doing it 30-odd years later, and I don't know, think you realise how much pleasure I've had from seeing how successful you've been and how proud I am of you for, um, in what you've done. It's been an incredible journey from seeing a young, impressionable, ambitious
1: kid, cocky kid.
0: Not so much around me, but someone who knew what they wanted and deliver it, but deliver it with with poise and grace and dignity. I'm super proud of you and Timmy for what you guys have done. And it is completely inspirational. And I know that there's a lot of other people that would say the same thing.
1: Well, thank you for that. But in return, I have to say, you know, a big thank you to you because all along the way, you've been there for me. And that's on, you know, on a professional and personal level. You've, you've, you've been there. You know, I may have taken a few wrong turns, if not because of the advice that both you and Kay would give me, you know, and that stuff is really, really important. You know, you're the one who connected me with Simon Fuller, you know, Emily Sandé. There's so many points in their career where it's like, it's Adrian, because you've always been there. You know, at the same time from when I hooked up with Tim, it's a similar thing. Tim's always been there. And there are are many others, you know, and it's that connection that's helped all round. That's that's made me, me the person that, that I am. So I have to I have to big you up in the in the biggest way. And here we are doing this podcast.
0: What are the proudest moments in your career today? And I
1: say today because there's gonna be there's more to come. Do you know what? I'll put it in a in a nutshell. The, the, the proudest moments for me is when someone that you met right at the beginning of their career, then Becomes a success. And whether that be a Stargate having their first number one, whether that be Emily opening the Olympics, doesn't matter what it is. But when you've seen them go through this journey and they come out at the other end, and that you know that you were a part of helping that person achieve that success and ambition that they set out to achieve. That's the biggest thing for me. It's not picking up the award. That's not my driving force. My driving force is is seeing someone achieving what they set out to achieve.
0: Yeah, I completely agree, and I was going to say my one is definitely very much on a personal level because I think as someone who's now managing, that's the thing that I get the most pleasure from. And you know, I can remember again talking about Emily when she got the keys to her first place that she bought for herself—massive moment for me. That's the; those are the things you do it for. It's real. It's tangible. You will know as. Second generation immigrants having the keys to your own house was the, mo- was the most important thing, your own gates. You could go in, walk, walk, open the door, and no one could say anything to you. So for her to be able to do that
1: was a huge moment. And it's also everything, when, you know, when you, you've been able to do that for yourself.
0: For sure. And do you have any regrets? Is there anything you would change? <laughs>
1: Professionally? I try and be, I tr- I try and be the, the diplomatic guy, right? But every now and then it comes. Constantly- comes into my head that, you know what? I started out as this cocky kid, um, but there were certain people along the way that where I kept my mouth shut. And one of my biggest regrets is that I should have spoken up a bit more. And if it meant I had to cuss someone to get a point across, I should have actually cussed a bit more because I, I feel that I let a lot of people get away with, with small things, which were actually really important things, which years later you find bug you. They just bug you, you know, but you accepted it at, at that time. I think we, we've got to stop doing that. When, when those moments arise, we've got, we've got to speak up.
0: I think that's a really interesting topic because I think that all of us of a certain colour from a certain background working at a certain time will have a similar type of thought, but we were living and working in certain conditions which possibly didn't allow us to do what we needed to do if when we were thinking about what was a bigger picture about ensuring that there was and next generation doing the right thing, carrying yourself in the right way, didn't you? We, I don't think we ever let ourselves be dehumanised or degraded. And there may well have been moments where we could have kind of gone, hold on a minute. But I think that we clearly made decisions to carry ourselves in a certain way because we were looking at consciously or unconsciously a bigger picture about what was coming behind us and what we needed to do to effect change amongst our own people in the business. and But also, more importantly, about perceptions about black people like us in the business because there were clear
1: perceptions about who we were as people and what we were capable of. To be understood, we need to speak up, and we didn't speak up enough. And it didn't mean that um, we had to be angry about it, but just speak. You know, I know for me there were X amount of people who were listening. Whether they could have done anything about it, I I don't know, but they, they would hear you. And you'd like to think that when you weren't there, they would speak on, on your, your behalf. Or even if it just made them think that, hmm, I just need to check myself when I go into, go to say a certain, certain thing to a certain person. Um, just that alone can helps to affect, affects change. And that's if, so if I beat myself up about anything, it's about that. I feel like I could have said more, but nothing's going to stop me from saying it now.
0: What do you say to those people that are reticent about talking now or being open
1: and honest now? They have to speak up. It comes up on a a regular basis. So the people are always trying to, like, oh, no, you can't say that. You you can say that. Because without it being heard, fellow fellow man, woman doesn't know. So we've got to speak up. It's just, it's a matter of how we say it. You know, yes, we are a, a frustrated People And so sometimes we go to speak, comes out with, with anger. You know, it's a matter of putting it across in a cer- certain way. We can't be angry forever. Let's change our tact.
0: That's a fair point. So do I have any regrets? Not really. I mean, there are things that I'd like to have done. I would have loved to have had the chance to run a department. i love the chance, if possible, to run a label at some point. And I think even looking back now, it's a real source of disappointment that With all the expertise that we have, I have, that it's quite often, that doesn't get called upon by the industry bodies, whether it be labels or publishing companies. There's a whole number of us out there that have been around the business for a long time that they could call on to utilize our skills and our experiences. And that's a shame because I don't think that experience should go to waste. Agreed. There is one question that we should address as as almost the penultimate question, which is, has your relationship with the music business changed over the years in terms of race and your acceptance in the business? How do you feel about it now, to where you were back in the late '80s, early '90s?
1: I think the answer to that is it's changed. I, I saw my career being within the the major record companies because that's what you that's what you knew from. From day one, um, until obviously my my eyes were opened to what the likes of uh, Motown were, which to me, for you know, is like it was just an independent that became what it became. And then my I suppose my 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 experience from being within and 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 realizing, mm, you know, what I'm never going to get to that point really changed my mindset, that like, you know, I, want, I need to go and do this on my own. And so meeting the likes of, of Tim, who's a, a very like-minded, but had never been within the, the, the major industry. I, I'd, I'd found that, that partner who had that same um, ambition, same goals and, and work ethic. And, and and hence it was like right, let's go do this for ourselves. And that's the that's the march that we're we're still on. We're we're just doing it for ourselves, you know. And, and bringing through as, as many um, young kids as we can, and passing our, our knowledge down to them. So yeah, it, it, you know, my mindset has definitely changed with the with the uh, with the industry. I don't I don't I definitely don't look at it as how I, how I used to. But how about you? Absolutely, 100%.
0: I mean, I definitely don't view it in the way I viewed it. And I'm not sure whether that's because I'm an independent, a man under my own steam, doing my own thing, as opposed to being dependent on the industry for my wages or, or because there's been real change. I think it's probably the latter because there's been significant change, which you can visibly see. And we don't have to be quiet now. We can, we can say what we think. And, you know we 're not as fearful because we've we've got something behind us there was one thing we didn 't have. I remember Erskine once said to me that experience is wasted on the young, and you know it it was so true because I think that the all the experiences that we 've accumulated over the years have allowed us to be able to deal with the business that we 're in and our race and the way we approach it and the people that we work alongside and with in a different way than we would have done when we started. I think we're a lot more confident, we're a lot more open, we're a lot more honest and we're not afraid about of, of saying what we need to say when we need to say it because we've earned the right to be able to do that through status and proving ourselves to be a valuable part of it which is why we're here so yeah for sure it's absolutely changed but it's changed for the better it's also changed because again i look around and i see more people of color walking around and i know that that's a good thing and that they're able to do exactly the same thing as me so if we're all saying the same thing if we're all talking if we're all being loud and we're all being proud in the right way then that can only be a good thing so for sure It's changed. So Danny, it's been a long time. It's been four weeks in between you and I first doing the first part and us doing this now. But this has been a momentous journey as we come to the end of Series 1 of Did You Know, which you named, Pioneers. We've had some sterling help from a lot of people along the way. We should thank the people that have been kind enough to talk to us and recount their stories without our guests. We don't have a podcast, so thank you to everybody that's taken the time out to sit on Zoom calls and listen to me chatting rubbish on, a, on to them as, as we try to elicit answers from you, giving <laughs> us your time, for giving us your honesty, and for being open with us. We have to thank our producer, Cass Denton, who has been a source of inspiration and kept us on point and on time when we've needed to, but again, without her, we could never have done it. Tim Ingham. Dave Roberts at MBW, who have been incredible supporters uh, from day one, have been truly along with us all steps of the way on the journey. Thank you. To WX, the RPR team, David, Ren Evie, Vega Brothers for our theme music, Ella Ruby for looking after our socials. Thank you, Ella. Also to the third, Will Sean Springer, who's been there, out there keeping the Did You Know name alive and working feverishly behind the scenes. Thank you very much indeed but also to the man on the other end of this conversation, Danny D, because we've been on a massive journey together. Yeah, there's still hopefully a long way to go, but this was an idea born out of a conversation that we had. And, you know, I'm not going to get emotional about the fact we did it, but we got to the end of Series 1 and it was all your fault because if you hadn't made <laughs> me do it, we wouldn't have been here now.
1: Well, you know, and and and, and on, on that, that point, I, I, I second everything you just said with, with all the the thanks to, to everyone that you you listed before. But um, I also have to add the biggest thanks to your good self for not only being an amazing host, you know, and I don't think you realize how how good you are and how how natural um, you are in the hot seat, but also for all the the backroom work that you put into it to make this happen you you know real talk you're you're the central nervous system of this of this thing that's brought the whole thing t- together and i can't i can't big you up enough over it i can't thank you enough um over it but big up that's all i've got to say
0: well thank you thank you very much indeed and listen i've enjoyed talking to all of our friends because the people that we've we've spoken to are friends that we've worked with, and we've we all have similar stories tell, similar but very different, uh, and it's just been great hearing their stories, and we look forward to telling those more of those stories, I should say, in series two. Um, but before I go, Danny, as I always, said to everybody, thank you for sharing your time on Did You Know. No, thank you. You are a true pioneer, and this is just the start of our journey with this. So. Until the next series, thank you very much indeed, and we look forward to seeing you all soon. I'm Adrian Sykes, and this was Did You Know Pioneers, a downstreet production. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Danny for sharing his story on this, our final episode from series one. We must say a big thank you to all our guests for being both generous with their time and for sharing their stories. We hope that you found them both inspirational and educational. You'll soon be able to be applied to be mentored by the guests of the Disney You Know Pioneers podcast and we'll be letting you know full details of how to apply very soon. Did You Know is available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure that you subscribe to never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed this podcast and this series, please leave us a five-star review. We'll be taking a short break, but we'll be returning with more inspirational stories from our unsung heroes in season two. Make sure you look out for that, where we'll be continuing the conversation about the music business and shining a light on the pioneers that have led the way and those that are making waves in the music business today. This was series one of Did You Know Pioneers. Until the next time.